always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side. Hey, Rohit, how's it going, man? What's up, Aaron? Dude, happy quarantine. Yeah, I mean, how's it going? It, 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 it's kind of weird, you know, not, uh, you know, at this point, I think I'm starting to miss people. I'm not fully there yet, but, but I think I'm starting... it's, it's getting there. Yeah, I'm about 4% there. You're, well, one thing I wanted to say, and then we'll introduce the show, is, you know, we start off every episode. Um, now we're on number six, which is pretty cool. Um, and we say, hey, how's your quarantine going? And we both say that it's great. And I just want people to know, and listeners, that... It's it's great and it's also terrible. This is not just like whoa, we're so happy during this time. Like I I go through my time where I'm feeling bummed out and depressed. Rohit, do you feel some of that? Not yet. <laughs> not this. yet. All right. So Rohit not, hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Not during this quarantine. Other elsewhere in my life, I have been. Yes. So we have to work on Rohit pre-quarantine. <laughs> yeah. For me, during this, it's it's hard and and people are dying and it's it is this is not a good thing. And so we're trying to bring hope to all things hopeless and also acknowledging that there there are people going through things that are just truly terrible. And I just want to make sure we do bring that up because it's uh, it's hard for everyone. And so our goal is to try to bring you 45 minutes, an hour of uh, to take your mind off of, of what might be stressing you out and maybe bring you some th- some things that you can feel hopeful about. And whether the problems are big or they're small, there there's hope in all of them. And, and so we hope that we will bring that to you. Um, my name's Rohit. I am just a guy that's out in the world, just trying to put interesting, funny, but most importantly, positive and hopeful things out into the world uh, through my my craft in advertising, through my craft in you know the little things I create on the side. Yes, and I'm Aaron Wolf, and I'm a hopeful optimist, and I go speak about it. I'm an actor, director, and I give a lot of speeches about hope. And big topics, education for one, which we might get to today. And we, I thought of this show because I thought we got to find hope in things that are really, truly hopeful, like the most hopeless topics. And then the quarantine hit, so it became even more relevant. So that's how we got The Hopeless Show. And speaking of the quarantine, why don't we dive right in and get to some news from the quarantine. News from the quarantine. So you've heard of the movie Cats. I have. I have. Ah, good. I was hoping you'd heard of it. So Cats came out in December. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Oscar-winning director Tom Hooper, who made The King's Speech. And he was brought on to make the movie Cats. When I first saw the trailer for the movie Cats, I thought it was one of the worst trailers I'd ever seen. Then people were getting hyped about Cats, and I was thinking, how can you get hyped about this movie Cats? I've had a lot, like there have been many different stages of emotion for me with this film. And then the movie came out and just totally tanked and everyone hated it and thought it was one of the worst films ever made, which immediately made me want to see it. Because I thought, now I have to see this movie. Like, it's directed by an Oscar-winning director and it's one of the worst movies ever made with one of the worst trailers ever made. I can't wait to see it. And then I never got around to seeing it. And then the quarantine hit. And I, every day I've been looking to see when it would be available so I could buy it. Yes, buy it. Like you spend. Want to purchase this. I wanted to purchase it to watch it because I thought, how bad could it be? Or maybe it's so bad it's good. And I went and bought it this week. And I watched it all the way through from beginning to end. Uh-huh. The entire film, Cats. And what I watched, it's too hard to put into words exactly how atrocious it was. Oh, no. It, was, it wasn't it was so bad it's good. It wasn't a cult classic that maybe Ben Affleck could be in. It was, it was that was a real big callback. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was just like weirdly like over-sexualizing these cats in an oddly atrocious way. I never would have gotten to see this film without the quarantine. And so then, do you see any hope? Because I have one thing. Do you see any hope in my cat quarantine experience? Well, I hope that your one thing might be my one thing, um, because I have not seen the film. Um, And I do have a morbid curiosity, but I do hope that they do release the director's cut that has, and forgive me if I'm, if I, if I'm, I hope I'm not stealing your thunder, 
But there is a director's version, the original version, that has the more true-to-life anuses oh, of the cats. I'd buy that. Yeah, and so they actually had to have a digital artist or a, series, a team of them go back in uh, before they released the film publicly and redo the anuses <laughs> because they were too fleshy and realistic. Um, so that was one thing. I remember when the trailer first came out, my biggest problem with it was that, like, like the cats, like you saw Taylor Swift and whoever, that they didn't have eight teats. They only had two. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I was just like, these aren't cats. These are just like furries. They're furries. So, so we might get anuses and maybe not just furries. Yes, an anatomically correct numbers of teats. But was that what you were going to say? <laughs> that, no, but it gave me a lot of hope in this. In this, I really can't wait to buy the un censored director's cut of the movie Cats. Uh, what I was gonna say is just a friend of mine worked with Tom Hooper on a commercial, he was in a commercial, and Tom Hooper told him, in my next movie, you're gonna be in it because you were so great in the commercial. And then Tom Hooper, the director, did not follow through on his promise. And so I was thinking how great it was because then my buddy, really dear friend of mine, would have been in the movie Cats. <laughs> so the fact that Tom Hooper didn't honor his promise to my buddy in the commercial was awesome. <laughs> that's it. It's So that's, we have a lot of hope. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, hopefully uh, so, your buddy follows up with, with Hooper. Uh, or maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of Tom Hooper, uh, Let's move on to the logic party. Yes. What's the uh, latest with the party, Aaron? The latest with our logic party. If you don't know, we are we are not Democrat. We are not Republican. We are in the logic party, a new party that we've created. And just today, there was some news out of Michigan in the quarantine that I really think we have to we have to discuss before we move on. The logic party would say that right now it's best not to be in groups of people, right? In Michigan, there's a lot of people who really don't like that they have to stay in to the point where they went this morning to Lansing, Michigan, which I also didn't know was the capital of Michigan. I always thought it was Detroit. So Lansing's the capital. Learned that. That was hopeful because I learned something. They went to the state capital where the governor works, all in their cars, and they were doing uh, like go in your cars to the capital and honk a lot. And thousands of Michiganders. Michiganders. Yeah, I got that one right. Thousands of Michiganders are right now still, I believe, at the state capitol saying, no, we will not stay at home, Governor. We want to work. And the video actually showed groups of, it's a lot of older people, groups, like hundreds of older people together outside on the state capitol protesting that they have to stay at home. Again, they're older people. <laughs> I mean... We're not going to say it. No, we're not. But what's wild is that, you know, a, a friend brought this up today, uh, uh, that um, there's, there's a post going around where people believe that the coronavirus is a hoax because, one of many reasons, because that it can't be a real, actually a real virus if you can kill it with soap and water. <laughs> so, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so that's bad. Uh, so, what, what I, what I, what I thought of as hope, and maybe I mean right there that made things less hope, hopeful. But what I did think about this is that from this, I think we've we, we've learned that social distancing and staying at home does help the numbers people also are posting things about the number of coronaviruses like not being a crazy amount of deaths in our country it's only like 25,000 so far and it's like yeah that's because everyone's staying at home otherwise it would be millions so please people do your part don't go in public to capitals honking to go back to work like people are trying to help you live you can't work if you're dead so that's the motto of the logic party. You can't work if you're dead. So obey the health yeah. issues, orders. And don't die. And don't die. Yay. Yay. So with that. Yeah, let's, let's turn it over to our sponsor, Alive and Kicking. Um, and 
before we actually start to, to, to tell you guys about them, um, Aaron, you found, I, th- I think we, we were discussing earlier um, before the show started um, that we might have been so successful yes. in our last pod at promoting Alive and Kicking. Yes. I mean, this is its own little mini hopeful field that temporarily in the Los Angeles, Southern California area, Alive and Kicking is sold out. Gone. And they've I've, been available up until our podcast got dropped on Sunday or Monday. And now, boom, and, poof. But no worries, folks listening, because if, if you're in the Bay Area, they're, they're still available um, for now. But more supplies are coming. I spoke with the, with the guys that started uh, Alive and Kicking uh, last night, and they are on it. They are producing more and to meet the demand. So we'll yeah. we'll tell you more about the details later on in the show. So topic number one. All right, I'm gonna kick it off, Aaron, with hopeless topic number one. And I do have to start with an apology to you real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know I promised that I would download the show, a wonderful, amazing baseball game on the PlayStation so we could play. Yeah, and you did But I've cheated on you. I've cheated on you with Animal Crossing. Now, Animal Crossing is uh, a game for the Nintendo Switch. um, And pretty much um, what you do is you create your own little island with your own little character. And you have all these animal friends that live on your island. And you go farming and you build houses and, like, you just create your own island. You name it and you kind of design it however you want. you got to unlock more and more and more. Um, And... I might have gotten off to a, ro- a rocky start on this. Um, I know I'm about a week or so behind some of my friends, um, but last night I got on an amazing, amazing Zoom with four of my friends. Um, and so everybody was showing off their islands um, and Brooke, her island was completely like, she had a house that was, it had like multiple rooms and she had a sword and it was all decorated in a beautiful rug. With she, the animals? With Yeah, with, yeah. With, like she, she had her own house on the island and like everybody gets their own house, but it, hers was built out and big. And then Jen had like a recording studio in hers and like, and like, so everybody seeming to like, you know, Drew had amazing outfits and Jess, I think Jess and I are probably in the, in the same level, but we go to my island. My island, it, it wasn't <laughs> glamorous. Um, first of all, I named the island Group Poop, and <laughs> and not... my house, all right now it is, I have a barbed wire fence, right. there's two tires, two cans, I have a, a red gas canister, um, I have an air conditioner on the outside, um, it is literally like... I think my island should have been called like, like, rural Alabama. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No offense to any listeners in rural Alabama. No, no, no. Uh, out just... there. Um, we are sometimes coastal jerks. Uh, but yeah, it's really bad. And the inside of it was all Easter-themed decorations. I had a bunny chair. I had bunny guests. I had a, a little, sorry, a bunny bed. I had a bunny clock. I had an egg sort of decorations everywhere because I was, I was still like a relic from the Easter party. <laughs> anyway, what's hopeless now is Aaron. One, I haven't been able to, I've given up baseball yeah. Uh, playing against you in the show to create the world's worst island. <laughs> and people right now who are about a week into the game, they're far ahead of where I am right now. And so I feel hopeless for someone that doesn't play the game. Like, is there any hope with me ever having, actually having a good island with a good house? Absolutely. Okay. I think you already have one. And here's why. <laughs> so if, if we call back a couple weeks ago, Rohit shared that he got... Um, robbed at uh-huh. his house. Attempted. Attempted robbery. It was put online. The, the company that did it like, was really proud of, of his footage. It was a really big deal. It was in an episode a few weeks ago. And I really believe, Rohit, what you did, based on the description of your house with the barbed wire fence and the air conditioning duct and the, I think you said you had a smoke alarm. Like, you took the essence of what you're feeling right now because you don't want this house on this remote island in Animal Crossing to get robbed like in real life. So you're forward thinking about your islands so then when you do build it up, everyone else, I'm sure in Animal Crossing there's robbers and they're gonna go rob these 
beautiful, lush things that aren't prepared with barbed wire. And you brought up rural Alabama. I've actually gone out there in Alabama, and there's some wonderful people there. I've spoken there. It's a great place. So being compared to rural Alabama right now, you're just thinking ahead. I am doing it right, I guess. And... You know what? And it's funny because the, when we had our, our Zoom last night and it, like my friends came to Ireland and they were stealing the garbage off my front lawn. <laughs> I was like, guys, you all have more than me. But, but they can't get in. No, they can't get in. You've got me. the barbed wire. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I invited them in and then they started stealing my stuff. So, oh um, yeah. So, wow. So you're really, this is a... Uh, one of those like buttons that can't be pushed for you. It's just it's 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 too yeah it's too new. You know, but you know you're right though. Maybe my whole tactic here is to embrace the chaos and just um, really just build up this horrifically uninviting house and island, yeah. and nobody will steal from me again. So, Aaron, thank you. You feel hope. Yeah, we feel uh, some hope. hope fulfilled. Um, well, with that uh, that exciting bit, I'm glad I, I could bring that to you. Um, it's that segment that we all love, everyone loves, BTS, where Rohit gets to guess about something BTS. BTS is the big K-pop band. They've toured the nation. They're like the Beatles, but now in that they came to the U.S. and just swept the country. They are so popular around the world. And Aaron, in our five episodes, how many have I gotten right? Uh, you've gotten one. Nice. Right. Great. So you, you're one for five. And... So right now, what I would like you to do, BTS, for those who don't know, they have all kinds of music, and they just did something called Bang Bang Pop. They announced it, that it's coming out. What do you think Bang Bang Pop is? I'm thinking Bang Bang Pop is probably a zine that they're releasing from their, from their homes since they can't all be together. You know, it's gonna have like, God, what was that? Like, like that, like a tiger beat kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and then maybe they're they're kind of bringing that back. And like a like, magazine. Yeah, but like, but like a zine. It's cool if it's a zine, not a magazine. So. Oh, and it's it, gonna be called Bang Bang Pop. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing that's not it. No, not at all. <laughs> okay. um, I'm gonna tell you what it is while playing a little bit, a little of their music. So their music will be on in the background, so people can get excited. That's not them. This is them. So, BTS and Bang Bang Pop are a series of concerts that they're going to be doing together in an isolated room for their fans. They're going to be BTS concerts starting this Saturday for everyone to listen to and watch. And I can't wait. As one of the biggest fans of BTS, this is the fourth song I've ever listened to of theirs. <laughs> And as a big member of the BTS Army, I think it is awesome that one of the biggest acts in the world is coming together with Bang Bang Pop. Do you think we can get them on this show to promote it? I, <laughs> I'm going to reach out to their publicist now. Honestly? Like after the episode. Let's get them on this show. That Actually, that is our goal. That is our biggest goal to know that we've made it. If we can get BTS, there's one, two, three. There's seven members. Because you know what? Shoot or shoot. So anybody listening out there, if 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 you know BTS yeah. or their management, let, let 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 us get them on the show. We would love to have them. They are the Hope Band. Yep. We are the Hopeless Podcast, and we, we are huge fans. We're huge fans. Yeah. So now I'll turn them off. So everyone, listen, watch Bang Bang Pop this weekend. If you like them, or if you don't, I'll talk about what it was next week. Great. So Second with topic. that, we have. Topic number two. As everyone knows, the Me Too movement was and still is a huge thing. Uh, I actually saw it develop because I worked with Rose McGowan, who's one of the leaders of it. And so we're Facebook friends. So I saw her posting stuff a number of years ago that was very serious all of a sudden. She was really serious about it. And it was just to whatever her friends and uh, and... I was like, man, this is bad. Like, this is really ugly and really exposing some awful things in the industry. So that was a number of years ago. It took off and became a movement. And she and a bunch of other actresses started and it really took off and started to expose a lot of uh, people in Hollywood that are that have been had this affect them. It actually even to get a little personal, it 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 made me realize that even you know I'm a, a dude. Uh, but I've, I've been me too'd. 
in this industry. Uh, when I used to PA, I had a couple instances where I was, uh, not to get into it in detail, but I was uh, sexually harassed or put in compromising uh, positions. And, uh, and it's happened a number of times in my film career. So I actually could relate on a personal level to some degree. Again, not to the extent that some of these stories were by any means, but I could relate. And the Me Too movement took took charge and, all, and some people almost said that it wore out its welcome. And I didn't like that. I thought that was, was bad. But now we're all quarantined. So do you have a, a thought on, on how we can, you know, continue the, the Me Too movement um, now and make sure that, you know, this, this change continues in the industry and in any industry where people are being sexually assaulted or abused. Well, here's the thing. The Me Too movement started in Hollywood because of bad behavior in Hollywood, but it was present in every industry. So, you know, it was amazing how it was exposed in Hollywood and, and people like Rose, you know, were, were fundamentally like, you know, behind all of that, which is great. And I think what happens though is with every movement, you have to keep that movement moving. And yep. sure, you can knit all the pussy hats you want. You can march, you can like fight and you can do that and you should do that. But sometimes it's, it's important to not let people forget. And I think right now with the coronavirus, with everything that's happening in the world, people are forgetting. But that doesn't mean that the harassment's stopping, that the sexual assaults are stopping. Maybe they're on pause with the, the virus right now and people being quarantined. But as soon as we go back to work, you know, it, it's not an excuse to go back to being a dickhead. And so I think I, I, think I have hope that, uh, that, you know, this is a time for people to reflect, um, you know, and, and, and I mean, I, I don't necessarily have, I guess, a an inventive solve for this, but I do think it's, it's first of all, it's inventive that they even bring it up now. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of not a topic. And now it's time for an interview with a friend of Aaron. Yes, we have a guest, Stanley Cup champion, Brent Sopel, and I can't wait to talk to him. And I can't wait to hear what you guys have to talk about. Let's see what happens. Always look on the bright side of life. So, dude, welcome to the Hopeless Show. I'm I'm pretty excited to be home. The first thing, which I'm sure our listeners want to know, because it's just an obvious question, is what's it like to freaking win a Stanley Cup? What is that feeling like at that moment? You know, it's it was pretty amazing. Obviously, I've won the Stanley Cup probably a million times on the outdoor rink, you know, growing up in Canada. But, uh, you know, honestly, it's still pretty surreal. Um you know, less than 1% ever get to play in the NHL and less than 1% of 1% ever get to lift that trophy. And my name is visible on there for 65 years and, you know, I'm part of history, which is crazy. I'm just a little Canadian farm boy. Just, uh, you know, now that I want uh, going to be part of hockey history is, uh, it's still surreal for me. It really is. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's, it sounds like what we can take from that because, you know, not everyone's going to be able to, uh, to win a Stanley cup but we can all win our own versions of Stanley Cups and we can think of what that goal might be now so that we can have that feeling in our own lives. 100%, you know, never look at somebody else. God made you for a reason. And now you can change the world in, in your way. And, you know, is that maybe being a teacher? Is that being a doctor? Is that, um, again, like I said, I, I won the Stanley Cup, but that's not the legacy I wanna leave behind. We've all had that dream of winning the Stanley Cup or winning the World Series or winning yeah. the Super Bowl. We all grew up doing it. You did it. And it's still not the thing that you want to be remembered for because you have your foundation and you help people. And so I just, I want to, everyone, not just me, is going to want to know what, what's that, what, what feels better about what you're doing now? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, the principal foundation, you know, for dyslexia. Um, rocking the, rocking the <laughs> I'm dyslexic. Um, you're born that way. We're born with the right brains wired differently. But I didn't find out till 10 years ago. And how I found out was uh, my daughter was struggling, took her to uh, neuropsych and she did her evaluations. And, you know, we went back and um, going over those test results. And, oh, that's me. And that's me. And that's me. And that's, you know, and um, so lo and behold, if 
dyslexia is hereditary. So, you know, she's very happy with me. Thanks dad for passing that along to me. Uh, <laughs> but if it wasn't for her, you know, I still wouldn't know, you know, I was reading at a grade four level in high school. And were you, uh, I think I know the answer, but were you enabled because of your hockey abilities to just oh. like, let's scoot, scoot Brett by because we know where he's going. Yeah. 100%. You know, I say my education probably doesn't take me past grade eight, but yeah, I got a high school diploma. What is that? You know, yeah. We'll write a final exam, write my name and hand it in. All right, we'll just pass Brett's, you know, so 100%. Um, you know, I didn't have the capability of, of learning because you know, I didn't know what I had. I just really, you know, you're told you're dumb and stupid and lazy. And that's what I thought I, I was. And the only place I got my self-esteem was from hockey. And and that's where we we can bond is like for me with learning disabilities, the things that film and baseball were always my things. I could yeah. you know act, direct, create. That was what I was good at. And I was good at baseball. And those were like my things. And in school, I was also told you're you're lazy, you're you're underperforming, all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, and I think now, and I'm curious what you think of this, because people like you with your daughters, people are having to homeschool and spend more time with their kids. I think it's, I hope, enlightening people to how their kids learn and what they'll need post this from the education system, more individualized. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a scary time for parents, um, you know, cause you know, if you got some older parents, it's been a long time um, to learn how your kid, you know, has to learn, you know, dyslexia is the visual learner, is the audio learner. It's, you know, that's, there's a lot of information um, for, you know, for parents to understand really what that is. And um, I know some, some friends that I've had some communication with, you know, they're actually going to homeschool their kids uh, next year because they've figured out um, this system doing it this way is better than going into a normal public system um, where they think it's just a cookie cutter and everybody learns a certain, you know, the same way, which is, you know, obviously 100% wrong. Yep. And that's what we've done. I mean, education reform, which um, we're going to continue to work together on is such an important thing. And it's interesting that you actually have talked to families who are recognizing it now and are going to continue this way because the other way isn't working. You know, back before this started, you know, your kids spent more time at school than you that they did with you. So, you know, you missed a lot of their life and there's a lot of habits and tricks and uh, things going on. You never noticed that. So, you know, it's uh, a deer in headlights for a lot of parents. First time actually visually seeing um, issues when you're with their kids. And it's, it's not fun you know, to see your, your kids struggle. It's, you know, like I said, you know, I never want a kid to feel the way I do. Huh. And do you think we can grab as we move forward with this and once this is past at some point down the road, we can use some of the things that we've seen and parents have seen with their kids. So we can almost, we can use it to educate and enlighten the system because well, that's happening now. Yeah. And it's obviously the system's massive, but you know, you just look at your one teacher, you know, a lot of them have 30 kids in there, you know, I can't keep my house, my own home under control and I'm the only one in it. <laughs> you know, I'm fighting with myself. So there's a teacher, you know, fighting 30 kids with 30 different personalities. And, you know, I, in my opinion, you know, you got 80% of the population has something. So if that's the case, you you know, you got what, 28 kids or, you know, 27 kids in that classroom has something. So the teacher's got to balance. So, you know, if you can come back to the teacher and say, Hey, you know, during this quarantine, I learned this about, you know, whoever, and you know, this worked. Oh, perfect. You know what? Now she or he can try it. And if it helps both them, just, you know, a little bit, I always say you can't get to two till you get to one, you know, that's, that's amazing. Cause that's going to take off stress off the teacher, off the kid and rest and you know, the rest of the kids. That, and, and also people who are maybe scooting by with their athletic abilities, they can't do that right now. So no parents and the kids have to figure out and they might identify, wait, you're not where you should be. We need to, we need to adjust something. You know, hopefully that is the case, but you know, um, a lot of parents probably won't recognize that and that cause that's not their job. Yeah. You know, kind of same thing that I, you know, I say teachers are there to teach, not to diagnose, you know, when we're talking about dyslexia, they don't know. So you get a lot of parents coming back and why didn't so-and-so, you know, you know, again, with the parents, 
you know, they're usually out working at, you know, their job. So, um, it, it's a lot for them to too. But again, if you can just pick up the little things there and, you know, if you just can connect a little bit deeper, you know, with your son or daughter, you know, you can't replace that. And that feels hopeful to me because oh, yeah. giving, this is giving people a time to all, it's almost like the earth is shifting a little and this is giving us all the time. One, the climate's getting, climate change is getting better. I think that's good. I, I don't know. I'm in Chicago. We got two feet of snow today. So I think it's still the same. I think it's still the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best in Chicago. In LA, we can breathe. Uh, that's good. And, that's and cool. also with, with the, the system, this could alter the system a little so that parents see that a, a little more hands-on approach in working with the kid, the parent, the teacher together can, can make everyone have an equal chance. 100%. And, you know, we talk about hopeful. And, you know, that, it's a, that's a huge hopeful that you know, you've got to spend some extra time with your kids and connect and, and learn about them, you know, on a deeper level. So um, you can help them. They can turn to you and, uh, hey, you know, this, I need this because remember this or you remember that, you know, absolutely. That's, you know, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, and then I guess if we can change, you know, this is changing the world in many ways. Yeah, and this is a positive way for education. Then that's a beautiful thing for what we're going to be doing going forward with uh, with changing the way people look at, at the at how they how they learn and how every single person. I think we both believe this wholeheartedly. Every single person was put on this earth to contribute, and mm -hmm. just because someone has dyslexia, ADHD, is on the spectrum, is name the thing is uh, physically handicapped in some way or disabled in some way. They're all able, everyone is able to contribute and everyone is, deserves that chance. 100% and you know, there's some brilliant kids out there that have the ability to change this world that will never get an opportunity with the cookie cutter system that we have right now. And hopefully this time with their parents, at least some of them it's changing that course. You know, and it, one kid at a time can be, you know, the slow process because, again, when you talk about that classroom, everybody's different. Yeah, so one kid at a time. Like, that's all it takes. That individual, one kid at a time, if you can, or one person at a time. And yeah. if you can help another person, and I think in general, right now, with what's going on, if you can do what Brent, you're doing, and uh, what I some, sometimes try to do, is help someone. If you can help one person who you know needs help right now, whether it be with sobriety, with education, with parenting, with whatever it might be, do it. Now's the time. 100%, you know, holding that door. You know, a, a simple good morning. You have no idea what that individual, you honestly, you could have saved their life by saying that. You don't know what they went through. Yeah. But you know, how hard is that to say good morning? It's not very hard. And then that, that person could have that smile on their face instead of that frown that makes them go off the deep end in some way. You know, that may just and put them in the right, in the right path instead of going the, down the wrong hole that they're going. And I, I guess the last thing I, I want to ask you is if you could give for our audience a, a hope challenge, something that they can take away that you challenge them to do to, to make the world a better place by themselves that they can do something. yeah I, you know i just challenge them to better yourself um self-evaluation is the hardest thing but it's the best thing you know that's how you become a better human being is is looking at yourself and um i always say that you have to clean out your closet of every single skeleton it takes time but let me tell you when you get out of there um, what a different uh, place this world is that you can look at and appreciate just, you know, birds to stars, just little things like that. It's just absolutely amazing. So let's, uh, let's all remember that and, uh, and let's bond with ourselves. And Brent, thank you for being on. This has been no, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to keep doing stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That was, I wish I was there for that. And I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Uh, but that was pretty great. Brent sounds like a great guy. And, you know, hopefully on a future show, Brent, we can catch up. We mm. cannot wait for more guests to come. No. Maybe, maybe I should start playing hockey again. You should. Yeah. I think. Uh, and then you can tell us how that's going in yeah. social isolation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so speaking of sports, we're going to continue with our favorite segment about the Orioles called Rohit Knows the O's about the Baltimore Orioles, the baseball team. Rohit is a huge fan. And so far he has gotten... 
I think we've done it five times. You've gotten it right once. Have I? Even once? I don't know. Maybe zero times. Might have been zero. Zero times. Rohit's gotten it right. So we're going to change a little. And we were talking last week about the CPBL, the Chinese Professional Baseball League. I have a team. They are called the Brothers, the China Trust Brothers. And I challenged Rohit to to find a team that, that's going to be his team, like the Orioles, during the quarantine because the CPBL started. So first of all, you got the good team. Um, <laughs> the mascot's amazing. It's this big golden elephant that looks super mad. And it's the China Trust Brothers. Like, great team name, great logo, great mascot, great everything. So congrats. Thank you. And for the listeners out there, the CPBL only has five teams. So yes. there's not a lot to choose from. No. And I'm going to quickly take you through the other candidates and then get to, then I'll reveal my winner. Oh, can I guess? Yes, yes. After I take you through them, yeah, you're going to guess. So the other teams besides the China Trust Brothers are the Fubon Guardians. Their mascot is a big knight's armor thing. The Rakuten Monkeys. Yes, that, that company, Rakuten, the monkeys. The Uni President 7-Eleven Lions and the Weishuan Dragons. Now, what you'll notice about those four other teams, actually all five teams, including the China Trust Brothers, it's not like city, it's not like the New York Yankees or the Baltimore Orioles or the Los Angeles Dodgers. You have sponsor name and then team name. Their city's not anywhere in it. They all play in Taipei, in Taiwan. In Taiwan. In Taiwan, yes. And I think some one of the teams is in Taipei. Um, so this is how I chose. First of all, the Fubon Guardians. Fubon, um, they Can are... Can I just make it the guess first? Uh, yeah. Of which team I think you picked? Sure. I really think you went with the Dragons. Well, we'll see. All we'll right. see. So first, I eliminated the, the Fubon Guardians. One, I hated their mascot. Like, I love medieval times and all that kind of stuff, but the, it just it looks, looks, it looks just annoying. And their blue and silver colors just were nothing to me. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, it was, the name wasn't doing anything for it. Then I got to the Uni President 7-Eleven Lions. One, hilarious <laughs> that you have 7-Eleven like literally the convenience store in your name. Um, <laughs> but my, my mascot from my college, the College of New Jersey was the Lions and I always called it the most generic sort of mascot. Our colors were blue and gold. Uh, you know, it was the College of New Jersey, very generic name. We could have been a one, two, three, any street. It's a good school, but really <laughs> underbranded. And the Lions, I was like, whatever. So that kind of eliminated me from there, from going for the Uni President 7-Eleven Lions. Also, they did not have 7-Eleven written on their hats. Oh, that would have been key. Would, that would have changed everything. Because I then went to the Rakuten Monkeys. I was like, wait a second. Monkeys are amazing. And Rakuten, I think they're on the Brooklyn Nets jerseys. Yep. Um, but... Here's what their, their merch is, because we're talking about ordering hats and shirts. They don't even put monkeys on their Ugh. merch. It just says Rakuten, red type over white. It's literally their corporate logo. It looks like you just went to their company store, not even the team store. So that so what that left me with was the Weishuan Dragons, okay? I am a Weishuan Dragons fan. Yes! Two reasons. Yes. Two reasons. Three reasons. Okay, <laughs> one, Weishuan, they make soy sauce. Yes. And they make all cool toppings and they make MSG, okay? <laughs> Not the building owned by our beloved Knicks owner, James Dolan. No, they own like the the product that goes in Chinese food, MSG. And I love yeah. MSG. Okay, that's one. Two is their mascot is this adorable little dragon um, it's like a very Orioles-like bird, Ooh. okay? So it's got a lot of rhythm there. Three is that they're technically not even in the CPBL. They, they got like folded and they're spending this year in like their minors before they can earn a spot back next year. So it's kind of like, yeah, I was a Weishuan Dragons fan before they were even <laughs> in the CPBL. So those are the three reasons. My only problem is I can't find where the heck to buy merch because all the sites are in Chinese. Oh. Uh, so yeah, you can help me out after the show. I'll help you after the show. Cool. So that's our segment. I love, Hopeful Phil, you are a Dragons fan. And I was right about my guests, so I'm happy about that too. Well done. And, and for the Dragons, um, another sort of effect would be... Because uh, they're... So yeah, take, that, take those two sounds, Andrew Matt, you got a dragon. Yep. Rooster. Yeah. Uh, well, congrats on being a Dragons fan. I can't wait to hear how uh, how they do in the minors. Me either. Go brothers. Go go Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's on to uh, your, the next topic. Topic yeah. number three. Another topic of pop culture, and, and and you guys have heard us. We've talked about some really heavy stuff: corrupt preachers, people dying. But sometimes it's okay to define 
hopelessness and some of the lighter topics because we want to solve all of it. Yes, um, everything. And this week, um, I'm found I'm found kind of hopeless by the season premiere, season three, episode one premiere of Killing Eve. Phenomenal show. Um, and uh, it's a show that uh, Ina and I, we watched both seasons in about 10 days a couple weeks ago. We finally got into it. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, she is, or Bridge Waller. Phoebe Bridge, Waller-Bridge Waller. Yeah, Phoebe Bridge Waller, Bridge Waller. Um, she wrote, um, um, it's not Scumbag, not Dirtbag, it's... Um, uh, Fleabag. Fleabag, Fleabag. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge Waller, Waller-Bridge yes. wrote Fleabag. Am- amazing, incredibly written, sharp show, genius, sad that it ended only in two seasons. She also um, writ, wrote Killing Eve, and that's not a comedy like Fleabag was. Huh. And it's just this amazing sort of spy thriller where you fall in love with a psychotic villain played by Jodie Comer. You fall in love with Sandra Oh of Grey's Anatomy fame. Oh, Sandra Oh. Absolutely monster amazing in in this show. And then, so Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Waller-Bridge is not a writer on season three. I guess she's moved on to other things. And this episode, this season premiere that aired this week was a disaster. Oh, no. It was like slapstick. Everything was like yuck, yuck, yuck. And they kill off a major character. Or is it a minor character? I don't know. But it felt cheap. It felt like they had no new ideas, but they just went back to like, they probably took a survey of people on the internet and say, hey, what do you like about TV shows? And then they just made it about that. It was absolute garbage. And I'm hopeless that this show that I grew to love after a lot of people recommended is going to be absolutely unwatchable after only one episode. As we hoard TV, I mean, I'm like, sometimes I'm a completionist. It's very hard for me to not finish the entire co- compilation of a show once I start it, even if I'm like only mildly into it. This helps me get over that hurdle a little bit. And I'm going to give it one more episode. If it sucks, I'm going to stop. Because My guess the first is two going seasons to. were near perfection of Killing Eve. Is um, she in the credits for number two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, number three, she's not. So Oh, so you're going to give it one more episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So episode two comes out this week, uh, this coming weekend. And so but then, she didn't write it. No, no. She's like off the show. Um, oh. So, so, bring back Intel. If it doesn't get worse, Killing Eve is killing shows when Phoebe Waller-Bridge Waller-Waller is not in it. Yes. So, Done. Yes. Yeah, so, now there's just another reason for us to be able to quit shows. Great. So, I think that actually helps in, 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 in a strange way. So... Yay. Hope. Um, so do you want to ask me about, about the next piece? Yes, yeah, so we, we have a new segment um, called Aaron Plays Poker. So yes, Aaron Plays Poker. So every week I've been playing poker with some different friends online where we Zoom and we talk, just like Rohit did with his Animal House and uh, with the barbed wire and the guns and the knives and the, all the things to protect the house. So I do poker. And what I found, I lost again. So I, I keep losing. I lost this week. I did not win. But what I did realize is it's giving me a connectivity to friends. And I'm able to actually even make new friends because some new people that are I don't know are coming into the poker games because they're friends of friends. And I'm actually making new friends playing poker during quarantine. And to me, that's worth losing the money that I've lost so far. Okay. So you, it, it's it's... Money that you could have spent out at a bar, yeah, buying new friends drinks. Yeah, buying I buy I do buy my friends in general. That's how I it's, make sense. I mean, how did we get to know each other? Yeah, yeah I bought you. Yeah, I was <laughs> up on an auction. Yeah. So you don't have to do that now. You just buy the entry to your poker that you're doing with your friends and then hope that someone brings a friend that's cool. You know what? And and I think there's that is a nice part to look forward to is that there's lots of weird activities, things that might have been seen as fringe or whatever, or even just I'm not calling you a degenerate, but like, you know, there, there, there's people that like, you know, you're not saying uh, it. I'm not, not saying it, <laughs> but, but you know, there's people that like, I, you know, we watched, uh, this past weekend, finally, we got around to uh, uncut gems. Oh. You know, I can, I can venture to say Adam Sandler's character was, was an absolute degenerate in that film. Yeah. And that is not you, no. but I bet you even in the apocalypse, like we're in now, he might've found some internet friends. Yeah. That might have not tried to kill him. Right. So He would have lowered his stakes of life. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice. If you can make friends, so can Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems. Howard and something. Howard, yes. Howard. Um, Great. Thank you. Do we get the Hope Gong? We got the Hope Gong. And... Which... Boom. 
Which leads us right into our final topic before Hope in 60 Seconds. Um, I guess it's my topic. Yeah. Which is who? Who is who? Who is the World Health Organization? The World Health Organization, as many of you might know, uh, Donald Trump defunded yesterday. Again, as part of the logic party, not Democrat, not Republican, we don't want to defund health right now. We don't want to do it. I just think that's a bad idea. Uh, I think he was doing it partly to blame them for stuff. In my opinion, I don't know about you, I think that defunding health right now, it didn't work a couple years ago, it's not gonna work now. We wanna work together as a society in the logic party. We wanna work together with other countries to beat this, right? Yeah, and I think part of it was based on, you know, him claiming they're corrupt, but it's, it's, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, sure, certain countries out there um, are grossly underreporting their deaths and like it's a lot of propaganda. But stopping support of an organization that's needed to get the awareness out doesn't help anybody. No. It only hurts people. So it's it's, it's so. Um, and did you see that the thing that they before I get to the to the hope part, uh, the thing that they that he was saying that they didn't do, and that's why he was blaming them for not doing it, kind of gaslighting them as the reason for all this. They can't do. The thing that he was blaming them for not doing in their byline, they actually can't do. So he was blaming, it's like blaming me for like not helping at a, in a fire because I wasn't in the fire truck to go help be a fireman. Well, I'm not a fireman. I can't go do that. Not with that attitude. Not with, yeah, that was yeah. a bad attitude for it too. So like the, the World Health Organization can't do the things that he said they should do. So the Logic Party agrees with that. We can, we can say that. What, what it, the Logic Party doesn't know, and what we, I don't think you knew, is what was awesome about this, what was actually great, and I hope you see hope in this too, was that what, who, trending on social media did was it made people be really into the who, the band, which is one of my favorite bands ever, <laughs> because a lot of people thought they were talking about the who. First people thought maybe one of the members of the who, Roger Daltrey or Pete Townsend, died. They didn't. Another thing that people thought was like, we're going to make references to who songs because the who's is such a good band. And, and if you don't know them, look them up. They're really freaking good. And so they were doing lyric references to it. And there was one in particular that really uh, rang true. One of the Who's biggest songs, and this was retweeted a lot, which I just thought was funny. And I'm not going to say anything about the politics behind it, but I just found it clever how people were taking lyrics from the Who after first thinking it was about the Who and then bringing it back to what's going on in the country. Do you see what's yeah, what's happening yeah, yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of their most famous songs is called "Behind Blue Eyes." Okay. Do you know the song? I haven't listened to the Who very much. So my uncle loved them. Yeah. My dad really, really made me into them. It was one of his favorite songs. And this is the song. I'm sure you've heard it. No one knows what it's like to be the yeah. <laughs> All right. So what, instead of playing the rest of the song, I'm just going to read you the lyrics because these were what got circulated on the Internet a lot. Because, again, the who was being was being uh, was trending on everything because of who being defunded by Trump. The lyrics go, no one knows what it's like to be the bad man, to be the sad man behind blue eyes. No one knows what it's like to be hated, to be fated, to telling only lies. It's, you know, it's great literature and art speaks for generations, you know? So, yeah, wow. All right. Well, you know, and if anything, maybe it also helped, uh, you know, not only the Who, you know, get some streams on Apple Music and Spotify, uh, you know. 
I don't think they need it. They're 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 probably sitting in their in their old in their English cottages, very rich right now. Yeah, they're rich. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll help. Maybe it also brings up some love for Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, that could have trended, yeah. but it didn't. But not Horton hears a Who because that's spelled different. Um, no, and and so yes, so it brings attention to the Who, and I'll I think with the Hope Gong, can I just read one more lyric from this song, and then you can Hope Gong it? Yes. It, they then say. I have hours only lonely. My love is vengeance that's never free. No one knows what it's like to feel these feelings like I do, and I blame you. Boom. Boom. All right. So, speaking of The Who, it's time for Hope Hope in 60 60 Seconds. And that deserves a sound effect, so we're going to do a... So the way this segment works is Aaron and I are going to each take two turns. We're going to go back and forth. We have 60 minutes, sorry, 60 seconds total for each topic. That gives 60 seconds for, if I'm bringing up my topic, I have 60 seconds to explain to Aaron what I'm hopeless about. And he, with the rest of the time, he has, in that minute, he has to answer and find hope for it. So this is rapid fire hope for everybody that needs a little, uh, a little quick bump of hope, you know, um, throughout the day. A bump of hope. Yeah. Um, a bump of hope. We are so, encouraging <laughs> the use of drugs in a very different manner. Yes. Um, so Aaron is going to go first. I'm going to start the timer and turn on the, the ringer so we can, we can both know when uh, the time's up. And Aaron, go. So right now, a big problem that's going on, Zoom is taking off. It's bigger than anything. Everyone's using it right now. But... People are doing something called Zoom bombing, where they go into random groups, like groups practicing Judaism, and they do Zoom anti-Semitism. That's a big problem right now that people are facing. Give me hope. Okay, well, I'm I, a Jew. I think I think with this video chat platform, I think there's a way to fight back. And you don't fight fire with good intentions, you fight fire with fire. So for the people that are Zoom bombing, hopping into rooms, uh, showing their genitalia, shouting uh, sort of anti-Semitic things, what you do is you create Judaism-themed Zoom rooms in the name, but then you live stream that publicly. And so these people's names show up. So pretty much anybody that's hopping into these Zoom rooms are exposing not only themselves, but themselves. (laughs) And the world knows their name and the world will see them. And then hopefully they'll become predators and put on a list. And with two seconds left. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You probably heard the timer, but. Boom. All right. All right. Next topic. Next topic. And let me. Can you start the timer? Because I got to pull up a uh, yes. the reference. All right. And go. Okay. So there's a problem with the rats in New York and the rats everywhere. Right now, um, because there is no restaurant food for them to be eating and they're not having the same amount of garbage that's on the streets, rats are starting to go into houses. They're starting to get, they're smart. They're not only starting to do that, but they're starting to fight each other over food and they're actually starting to eat each other. We are seeing many, many cases of cannibal rats. So right now the rats have ascended to almost splinter-like form. How do we find hope for this? I've got hope for you. Ready? Yeah. I know a lot of people, especially growing up, I remember kids had pets that were rats. They had rat pets and mice pets. And I think this is going to bring that back. This is going to bring back people. When you find a rat or a mouse in your house, which is also the name of a book, take it on, take it in. Love it and love multiple of them because we need to bring them into our lives right now. We need to make friends with the rats. If you saw Charlotte's Web, that rat was awesome. And I have five seconds. So bring rats home. Make them your friends. Make them your pets. Then we can have connectivity with rats. Okay. So we are (laughs) making them pets. They're pets. I guess that's hope for free pets. Free pets. Yes. Yes. And we've hope gonged it. <laughs> All right. And Aaron, your topic. Go. All right. So yesterday I was driving around in West Hollywood where I live and I heard there was a shootout. So I decided to be like Nightcrawler, like Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie Nightcrawler and go find the shootout. And I went and I went up and down a street that had about a hundred cops and I saw where they were doing the shootout. And I kind of felt like I was being really creepy. But was I being creepy or was I doing a service? Because then I put it on Twitter. 
and a lot of people saw the video to see what was going on in the world. So should I keep doing this or not? Well, you did human rubbernecking, but <laughs> what I think you're gonna have hope for is that this is citizen journalism in the time of uh, places where, you know, people aren't gonna be going out anyway, but at least people know that things are still happening in their neighborhood. Maybe they'll keep it safe. Maybe they'll stay indoors because of shootouts. Um, but yeah, I, I think you have a new title to your uh, resume. <laughs> rubbernecking? Yeah, rubbernecking citizen journalist. Citizen journalist, I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a citizen journalist. I will keep putting up the videos on my The Aaron Wolf Twitter. A couple WeHo people retweeted it, so watch it. Thank you for the hope, Rohit. All right, and final topic um, is, let me know when you're ready. I am ready, go. So the XFL, the Extreme Football League, um, it folded. And right now, it was the second time this league has tried to exist. It was started by the WWE uh, founder, Vince McMahon. Um, it's meant to take place during the offseason of the NFL, and it serves as a, as a feeder league. Ideally, serves serves as a feeder league for the NFL. It is now over. Um, how do we find hope? I've got it. Okay. Look, a lot of people say that we are in, in some ways living in the me generation, in the, in the, where it's all about us. And I'm making the XFL all about us, all about you and me, Rohit, you and I, that's it. Okay. We were at the very last ever played XFL game together. We went to that game together, experienced the XFL together, and it is the very last game ever played by the XFL. Since right now, I'm only being about myself and you. That's it, that's all I care about. I love the fact that we were a part of the very last thing of something. And I think that's cool, because we can tell our grandkids someday when we have kids first, and then they have kids. So then we have grandkids. We can tell them we were at our last of something, and it was the XFL. And that's where I feel hope. I have three seconds. Please tell me that that fulfills your hope. It does, it yes. fulfills the hope, and also, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, maybe our sponsors too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our, it might have fulfilled the hope of our sponsors yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, they cleaned Wait, it all. Speaking of our sponsors, we're going to right now give, before we get into our user submissions, we are going to give a little more information on our sponsors. So, I'm, I'm alive and them. kicking. It's a great product. And just to tell you a little bit about it, um, they are 14 pre-rolled little wonderful smokes, CBD dominant. They're great for whatever you are doing, whether that's watching TV, working around the house, working, working, just kind of doing whatever you're doing throughout the day. They kind of make things a little bit better. They're like your sidekick. And we need to be feeling alive and kicking right now because we have to be grateful that we are doing that. And what better way to do it than with a product that helps you feel that way. Go to aliveandkicking.com and there's a way that they will deliver. Yep, and if, and if you, you can get the link directly from youarealiveandkicking.com and what we have going right now is a very special deal. Three packs of 14 pre-rolls each uh, will be $99 delivered through Ganja Runner. So go to youarealiveandkicking.com and if you're outside of California, it is Be Alive and Kicking. That's our sponsor and, and just so you know, and when we go into user submissions, we want you to be a part of this show. This is a show about all of us being together, finding things hopeless and making them hopeful. And pretty soon we're gonna even be able to give uh, gifts to people who are picked to, with the user submissions. We will, our sponsors will be sponsoring user submissions as well. So that's gonna be a thing to look forward to. So please submit your su submissions and Again, we are all in this together. And also, we had a big high-profile guest on today who won a Stanley Cup. We're also going to be having regular heroes on the show. We want to bring you on the show. So write us. Tell us why you think you should be on the show, and we'll have you on. So with that, do you I want to be introduced? You, yeah, you, <laughs> right, Rohit wants to be on the show. He wants to submit. Yeah. So do you want to... Uh, read the, the topic. So we are now on to Hope Fulfilled. This is our segment of the show where we take some hope that we promised in the past and then show how it has actually come to life since we promised it. Again, we are taking complete credit for this happening. Yes, so this week. This week in Hope Fulfilled, the biggest thing that I think was fulfilled was in Passover. Passover, I celebrated it with my family, we did a Zoom. 
It was really cool and really nice, and it gave me a big realization. There was a lot of similarity to what was going on in the Seder and what's going on now. There was a plague there, there's a plague now, there was people isolated, there were people being told they can't, you know, a lot of bad things. And it made me realize I could not have personally, and I don't know about you, survived even the beginning of the beginning of what they went through in Egypt during Passover. They were they were given every, all these bad, like so many plagues, so many bad things. And then they were told to leave and walk for 40 miles in the sand or 40 days for, in the sand nights, yeah. and 40 nights in the sand, in their bare feet or with their shoes on or sandals on in the sand to go be free. And I thought, forget all the plagues. I hate sand in my shoes. <laughs> I wouldn't even survive a day of walking in the desert with sand in my shoes. So it made me immediately feel grateful that we're living in a time where we don't have to walk for 40 days and 40 nights. Just imagine being that one guy in the desert. You got to keep making the whole tribe stop. And you got, guys, there's still a rock in my shoe. You, you turn your sand upside and then you put it, you it back on and it's the rock is still there. It's, and oh. then you're like, God damn it. And then God's like, what? Yeah. And so he's like. I'm glad you gave uh, yeah. you gave God a Yiddish accent. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You've got oh. to get the rock out of your shoe. It's goyim. The goyim. Oy vey. Oy vey. It's just one rock. I'm not giving you all the sand. Anyway, so that's hope fulfilled. We're at least hopeful that we have, uh, we're not walking in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. So that means we're not going to play a gong. We're going to play a special sound because this is when hope actually comes true. That's the hope bomb. The hope bomb. <laughs> Boom. Boom. We did it. And finally, the last section of the episode, before we leave you with something to be excited for for next week, is a user submission. And this week, the user submission is Andrew from San Francisco, who is a massive, diehard Hall & Oates fan. If you don't know the music of Hall & Oates, they were like a 70s act mainly, I believe. They did so many big songs. What I want. That one. That one and other ones like Maneater. Maneater is one of their big oh, ones. Oh, here she comes. Yeah. Okay. She's a Maneater, that one. Yeah. So he is really upset because Hall & Oates was doing a big tour this summer that for the foreseeable future is canceled. He was really feeling bummed. And so I wanted to find something for him that was positive. And so I found that there is something for all Hall & Oates fans, and that's for you, Andrew, too, because you're bummed because Hall & Oates isn't doing their thing right now. And it's called the Call & Oates Hotline. So instead of Hall & Oates, it is the Call & Oates Hotline, which is 71926-Oates, O-A-T-E-S. So I immediately, I immediately called the hotline, and this is what happens. You dial it. Welcome to Call and Oats, your emergency Hall and Oats helpline. To hear one on one, please press one. That's a song. To hear it, duh, please it's... press two. To hear Manita, please press three. To hear Privatize, please press four. So, Rohit, for Andrew, which song do you want to hear a snippet of? Oh, obviously, option one. Yeah. Smooth yacht rock. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, my feet are turning into white loafers. Yeah, I feel I feel moist. <laughs> With sea breeze. With sea breeze. Uh, so, they're not really getting the... Oh, there it is. That's great. So, Andrew, this is your way to feel hope. And Rohit, Andrew also gave me hope for you. Oh. In his submission... He said, because he's a big listener of the show, that he thinks that you look like, this is our, our number one Hall & Oates fan, we've just told him about Call & Oates, and he thinks that you look like a character in a Wes Anderson movie, and for, the, for those who don't know that, him, he's done a lot of big movies, and he said, you look like a Wes Anderson character, but in a good way. Oh, man. So I think that's a compliment. I'll take it. I wonder which character, though. What's your favorite Wes Anderson movie? I 
honestly loved Darjeeling for some reason. Maybe it's because there's it, Darjeeling it, Limited. Yeah, that there's like you know there's like the whole Indian vibe to it. I think it's kind of great. Um, although Life Aquatic is so iconic, and I yeah. loved like the cutout scenes of the submarine. Uh, like I thought, just the set design for that was amazing. What's the camping one? That was great. The hotel, and then also the, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel amazing. was, I think, his biggest box office yeah. success. I mean, I actually, I, the only one I haven't actually seen, I haven't seen Bottle Rocket, but I've seen oh, every other the, Wes Anderson film. That's like the original, the OG. Yeah, I have not, not loved any of them. Royal Tannenbaum's was great. That was the first one I saw. Like, it was amazing. When you brought up Darjeeling, I just realized that he might have been sort of racially profiled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is exactly why I was like, <laughs> which one? Although I did, when I used to have long hair and no beard, um, I did get from multiple people that guy David something. Um, Wait, Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you just racially profiled Jews. Yeah. He's got to be named Jewish David. Guy. The we, Jewish guy, yeah. Jason Schwartzman, who's the yeah. grandson of uh, nephew or grandson of Francis Ford Coppola. Get the fuck out. Yeah, that's true. Right, sure. So. Okay. So, not only do you look like a Wes Anderson character, hopefully not one from Darjeeling, so it's not racially profiling, but also for all Hall & Oates fans and Andrew, who is by far the biggest, uh, you can do the Call & Oates hotline, 71926-OATS. And speaking of calling, you can also contact us. He's Vohit for Rohit on all social media. I'm the Aaron Wolf on all social media. Submit your inquiries. Tell us what things you're feeling hopeless about. Tell us if you wanna be on the show, what you might wanna talk about. And together we're gonna to continue to bringing hope to all things hopeless. Cause hope is dope. Boom. All right guys, see you next week. See you next week. I'll never make that money back. Oh,